0: This is Simon Transparently, awakening the heart of humanity as we see beyond the lies and open our eyes to realize. This is our time to rise. Welcome everybody to another Simon Transparently and as you know this podcast series is all about the invitation to awaken our heart, awaken our heart and connect to our truth and then be messengers of what is possible in the world and today i launch a new series within the simon transparently podcast and this one is all about sex sexuality the deeper connection to our sexuality and how through empowering ourselves through our sexuality we can actually be great agents of change in the world. So to kick off this series of Let's Talk About Sex, I welcomed in a teacher of mine around sexuality, which is Maureen Scholl. Am I saying that right, Maureen? Me... Almost. Tell me. <laughs> Scholl. <laughs> Maureen Scholl. <laughs> I, always, I always say these, especially German names wrong. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. And I'd just like to say that People might be curious, like, "What teacher are you?" So, um, I recently trained to the first stage, you could say, of sexological bodywork, and Maureen was one of the co-teachers of that beautiful intensive training that I embodied. So, um, I learned a lot uh, from that training, and I'm still learning a lot from it. It's still actually integrating within me after a year, and it is at, it was it was the the essence of that training that birthed the. Training that I now share in the world, which is called "Go Touch Yourself," which was which is basically uh, orgasmic yoga, um, the the basis of orgasmic yoga, and I, I learned that also as part of just a small part of the sexological bodywork training. So, Maureen, um, I know you know you're a woman of many. Um, yeah many facets so let us maybe drop in and could you would you like to give a little sort of essence background of what led you to becoming a sexological bodywork trainer and then we'll dive in yeah how does that feel (laughs) um that
1: sounds wonderful (laughs) and um that's always like a wonderful question what drove me to it so many things so many things I think I, for a long time, I wanted to become a teacher. That sounds kind of strange, but uh, there was one day where I actually really thought I would like to be a teacher. (laughs) And then it happened that um, after quite some years um, in academics and in um, social cultural work, I actually found the body. And... um, uh, yeah, and now I'm trying to bring the body and uh, sexuality and pleasure into society. So um, the field where I used to work a long time ago, um, I'm still working in, but I'm just bringing some different topics in it. And um, the difference of sexuality for me is very, very dear. I think it's one of the most important topics in the world, of course.
0: Yes. <laughs> I echo that. Woo. Uh,
1: yeah. And um, um, uh, the sexological bodywork training for me was the first bodywork training I did for myself, actually. Like a lot of people start with um, other branches where they come from, from bodywork. Um, it was the very first um, um, approach towards the body for me. So that was already very intense. But um, I uh, before I used to... Um, Work and play a lot, also uh, with BDSM professionally and privately, and um, so I already had a lot of um, contact with sexuality from other people and from myself. Um, like I was very curious about what is that, how does it work, what does it, what does it look like in myself and other people, and um, yeah, over the time I get just more and more curious, and I wanted to deepen that, and so I found this so-called sexological bodywork training and Mm -hmm. I just stayed with it over all these years and um, that was how I became a teacher
0: and and at what point did you consider actually this is the thing that I'm going to become a teacher in right Mm -hmm. how how did that pop was that like a was there a moment that that popped where you just thought wow this is so profound I need to teach Mm -hmm. this
1: when I started, I started afterwards very quickly to give workshops. Like the bodywork took a bit longer
0: right. because
1: I felt insecure with it. Um, I felt I could not yet embody that. So it took me quite a while to really start as a professional body worker as well. But the workshops, I started very quickly, and um they became a huge treasure for me, like in my own process and other people's um, um experiences. and um, yeah, I, I found this is something that I really like to do. It was very natural to me. And um, I, from beginning on, I was quite fascinated by sex bodywork in the sense that I felt um, it's it's a method that is very much without a certain dogma or without a certain... Um, worldview behind. Basically, sexological bodywork is for everybody who's interested in uh, deepening their own sexuality, no matter which language they speak, with um, maybe spiritual background or um, world belief they come from. Um, You can all bring it into this. Um, And I also liked a lot the combination of um, the very intense bodywork, Um, And on the other side, also the link to our brain and our verbal communication and about this bringing up into the consciousness and also into the language. Like language in my own life was a very important part. I used to write a lot. Um, uh, uh, And um, yeah, I just found that um, not just to experience things in myself, but actually the question how do I bring it to my opposite to the opposite person? What does it mean? Which language can I find? What does this also change in different levels of consciousness? What changes when I also bring in the language? what is that? Mm. Um, yeah, and that it's a lot about, I like, I see that always in our trainings, like uh, many different people do the training with many different backgrounds and they bring in so much competency already in the beginning very often that sometimes when I'm reading through the applications, um, it's a little bit my thing. I very often get kind of, oh my God, I, oh my God, they know so much more than me. <laughs> <Right. clears throat> because I'm so fascinated by what knowledge people bring, what mm-hmm. experience people bring. yeah, It's amazing. Yes. And um, and I understood over the years that it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what you bring in, um, in the end, in the core, in sexological bodywork, it's a lot about also holding yourself somehow back because it's the person finding their own truth, finding their own experience without bringing in too much of mine so i will guide them but i will not tell them all you know i'm not i'm not the teacher who knows everything i'm the teacher who opens the space And, and that there is no real truth in it what we are teaching it's about Bringing people into curiosity and into their own empowerment of playing around with their bodies, with their sexuality and just being open for whatever comes mm. and deciding moment to moment for themselves, which way do I want to go? Do I right. want to go like a very challenging way? Do I want to go a playful way? Do I want to go a not knowing way? And it's, it can change from day to day and everything is fine. Boom. And um, this is what I, what I really appreciate in it. And I've never found it in that, in, in that sense anywhere else, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I love that. Thank you so much. It's, yeah, I, I see this like it's almost like you're holding a space to give permission for us and those that come into that space to explore themselves, which most people, let's just say, without being too general, have never had that permission to explore their sexuality. Um, and and with that in mind, as you're speaking, th- th- something was popping up was like, what, I'd love to hear from you. I don't think I've, I'm pretty certain I've never asked you this, but what, what's, your, what's your overall view of sexuality as a whole, like as we're dealing with it in our society right now. I know you know you're based in in Europe. I'm based in Europe, but like from your experience of of witnessing and meeting so many people of different backgrounds and and um, different uh, gender orientation and so on, like do you see a thread? Do you see a thread in 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 where we're at as a collective with our sexuality? Does that does that make sense? What I'm asking you.
1: You mean, if, if I could speak of a certain level of, uh, level of um, development, consciousness, whatever, in the world? Or? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah. Like, a, like, a, like where are we at collectively with our sexuality? You know, is there hope?
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a huge question. I tend to make answers very complicated. So let me just check in for a moment.
0: Yes, please. (laughs)
1: Um, I'd rather not answer directly on that, actually, because for me, um, collectively, I think it's very difficult to speak collectively about um, a world development uh, because it's so diverse. And I see so many different things happening in the world and in people um, where I think there are so many beautiful things happening in the world and um, like beautiful, but also challenging. I mean, a lot of topics are coming up, um, whether it's about uh, gender, whether it's about um, um yeah d- different uh, uh, different different aspects of identity and for me every sexuality is very much related to identity so um, right. there are a lot of identity topics around in the world really coming up very explosive also like a lot of um harsh arguments are going around with topics that have been like left by the side for a long time so it seems right. like it's also bubbling and um there's uh, an importance in it um, and at the same time, that's also quite um, um, challenging because the 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 um, discussion, the talk about that, is quite. Um, um, Uh, quite charged yeah um because it's very there are so many um really core topics
0: yeah
1: um that really people touch in their hearts and in their whole soul i think their beings and um at the the same time yeah there are so many things where you see that some work is done or um, many people are working on this topic and when I see it also from some years ago, even like uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, it is coming into some kind of, I will not call it mainstream, but um, like a wider um, uh, audience, I'd say, like uh, there's happening a lot of interest uh, from society in these topics. It's more its more present. Um, um, there's a lot of more awareness about um, yeah, like consent about um, uh, sexual education, about uh, somatics, just in general, and uh, somatics and sexuality. Then um, that's coming now over the years, um, and that's a huge change. I mean, even in the field of sexuality, when I see it, when I started, there were so many things. Or when you look at sexological bodywork, when all that started, it came out of a kind of a, almost anarchist background you know like a lot of exploring and um, a little bit like freestyle and things are getting also much more um, like known much more detailed much more refined in what we know about it and how it's spoken about it and um, um, and this is quite new also in the way how, how people give workshops how trainings are done yes um, at the same time there are so many things in the world where you say this is uh, this is really heavy stuff I mean when you look around um, um, where people are quite uh, still very oppressed in their identities. When you look in different countries here in Europe, for example, in Poland, um, there were so many different, uh, uh, so many countries where you can't live your sexuality in a free way or explore right. it in a free way. Um, um, out of many, many different reasons, there's so much still violence against um, uh, um uh, different identities and uh this is the um to who do we bring to 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 who do we bring all this topic like do we we have people have access to it yeah um yes
0: yeah that's great no it's beautiful now just stay there because you mentioned of course well two things that pop up maybe just for people listening who are very new to this but do you want to just describe what somatics means to you and how and how that you know how how you see that becoming more and more in our um, in our cultures especially here in the uh, in the west mm. and in this something else now I really want us to dive in a little bit around this identity because I know that this is a huge topic that you're that you know we we can't unpack in this short time mm. but it'd be lovely to touch on that, mm. does, that, does, that does that feel well
1: somatics yeah somatics is um, um for me work that is based in the body, more than um, in the talk or the brain, and it, it goes all together, it can come all together, but it's like um, learning, learning, and developing and experiencing, uh, um, found it in your body, um, where you saw in the western culture, like for many many uh, hundreds of years or decades. Um, a lot of approaches that were very, very, mind-based or like just said, like that the Western, the Western um, human being is a lot like um, in the history, like developed uh, a lot over the brain and about the racial um, and a lot of meaning into um, yeah, academics and knowledge, like brain knowledge. And somatics is bringing back the body. It's, um, there's also a lot of science around. There's also a lot of knowledge that is really important to understand how that all actually works, um, and mm, yeah, connecting people back to their bodies to find um, to find their identity, to find their power and strength. Um, in themselves to find yes stability and their lives based in themselves and in not for example in other worldviews, not in what people tell them um and so concepts
0: yeah not in mm-hmm. just not, not not caught up in concepts and just theories but actually coming into the wisdom of the body right exactly and, and, and really connecting to the wisdom of the body and there's a there's a wonderful book that i i began reading and i like to reference for anybody out there but it's that the body holds the score right and this mm-hmm. uh and there's this beautiful book talking uh, again around the the wisdom of the body and the the the, the trapped trauma and knowledge that the body holds and that, th- and that when we start to come into the body and move the body and touch the body and explore the body, you know, we start to release a lot of energy. It brings up a lot of uh, past emotional wounds. It, 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 it really, like you said, it, it enables us to come back to trusting ourselves and not always necessarily needing someone outside of ourselves to give us um, uh, knowledge or give us uh, wisdom and so on and mm-hmm. because um, when we when we use the word sex or sexological you know a lot of people a lot of people and maybe some listening sort of link that into oh it's just about sex right a sexual center but one of the things that i i've learned and definitely what i've taken away from exploring my body more and through the training i've realized that if you want i am one whole sexual being i'm a, I, like rather than it being all oh, my genitals are in my pants mm-hmm. it's like I, I often reference myself as a complete whole genital now right and so mm. i know is i know <laughs> when people hear me when people hear me say this they're still like crazy you know it's like i want to make up some funny jokes about me and so on but <laughs> but the funny thing is is you know the irony in fact is that that is the truth because when i realized that i am this whole pulsating impulsive um uh, sexually alive, energetically alive being, right, and I start to I start to uh, engage with myself in a very different way. So mm-hmm. I don't know, what, what does that bring up for you? I'd love you just mm-hmm. to, yeah, <laughs> what, what comes up for you.
1: I think that's very much true. Um, like um, also in sexology bodywork, when you see like from the core methods, there's a lot also um, about uh, genitals, and I think it's also very important, as um, there are not many methods around that are working directly with the genitals, very consciously. But at the same time, it also teaches to expand your awareness and to expand your pleasure on the whole body and to get away from the genitals, no, or to feel it like. Um, integrated, yes. and I always like this kind of picture of um, like um, in a way to. It's nice to work with your sexuality in a way that sometimes you want to put a huge focus on your genitals because there is so much to um, explore and to find, and to um, find the, the the power that lies in them, and also mm. the uniqueness of your own ones, and at the same time to find a way how. To integrate the genitals so much in the body that they might not even be like there's no difference to another body part. Like, it doesn't matter if you touch, uh, for example, my vulva or if I touch my nose, because um, it's just body. And I also like a lot this picture. Um, um, And for me, it's important also in that level that. I usually call myself not a sex coach but a sexuality coach, because it broadens the understanding a lot more. Um, because to sexuality, for me, everything else is connected. Everything arises from that. The way how I am connected with myself tells a lot. How I'm how I'm in contact uh, with other people or with the world out there. How do we do? How do I behave in it? How do I connect? with it, huh? Um, And then in the end, it's not like for me, it's important to go away of the pictures, what healthy or a good sexuality looks like or how much sex you should have. Also, when you speak about I'm a sex positive person, what does that mean? Um, For me, it's very important that this doesn't mean that I have a lot of sex. Right. Or that I always have a lot of sex or what that sex looks like, or that it's very ecstatic or that it's very uh, spiritual or whatever, like whatever kind of um, um, judgments you can put on it of how great things can be. Um, for me, also it's important to look at it's also okay not to feel pleasure. It's okay not to uh, not wanting sex. Um, it's okay. Um, to not, uh, not experience my, my orgasms like how I, uh, how I, um, how I would like, um, but really allowing everybody to find it for themselves and to offer options. Like for me, I always have this picture when you look at your sexuality, nobody has to change anything. There's no need. There's really no need to change anything in your life. But um, have a look. If you have the feeling, if your sexuality or your being in your body, in your whole being, if it gives you the, uh, the feeling of um, satisfaction and something opening or that it's useful for you, it feels um, um, nourishing. Or if there is something that is kind of tightening you, that is limiting you, that is closing you down, or that you would want to have something else rather. No? Um, and because I also feel that sexuality is a lot um, um, based on pressure very often and one of the first thing for me which is very important is just to bring out the pressure and then from there everything else can come whatever it might be but bring the bring out the pressure and just arrive in your body exactly arrive in your body how it is in the here and now and uh, let's just do that together yes
0: yeah there's so much there as you're ta- as you're talking. I'm like you know I'm just visioning you know all the you know the uniqueness of every individual, right? That yep. we're all so unique, and yep. and it's always felt like there's just these real generic boxes of you know sexuality, how we should have sex. Like you said earlier, like I'm very passionate uh, about sex education and like mm. you know us having these conversations and 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 really bringing in this freedom to talk about our sexuality to you know to talk about um uh, the the you know the things we we like the things we maybe dream about or fantasize about or desire and and you know and have a place where we can share our desires and they're not going to be judged or condemned and mm-hmm. and you know and, and and like you said there's this the, the the pressure keeps us contracted and then of course in that place we don't feel very rarely we feel safe enough or brave enough to actually mm-hmm. express what's going on and and it, it's and so much popping up for me but in in the bodywork sessions that I've done for the training, mm. it was so interesting that people would come thinking that, that they're going to have their genitals touched because of course that's that's welcomed in, in our in our teachings right now in our, in our in our training and then ninety percent of the time it's not even n- being able or even ready to even go near the, the, the sexual center. I like to call it more the sexual center. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But for example, we're working with the layers of maybe some scar tissue or some, some wounding that's happened or just even the idea of what would it be like to now have permission to be touched the way I would like to be touched. Like that yeah. can just bring up a whole can of worms around <laughs> even being in the position to be go, oh, what do I actually want? What 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 are my needs? What would I like to explore? Yeah, just a vast scope of exploration of what touch, intimacy, self-pleasure um, and sexuality mean. And maybe that leads you in, Maureen, to identity and, and sort of I sense in, in the world right now it feels like an identity crisis on all levels not just and I say crises meaning that that sense of wanting to be free wanting to have our uniqueness while at the same time having to deal with these constant labels and boxes that try to categorize us into who we are as sexual beings there's quite a lot there but you know whatever <laughs> comes up for you <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, also, um, because uh, uh, before you were speaking about this um, collective question, and I really found for myself um, that, um, like, I could talk, and sometimes from teachers, this is quite expected, I could talk about huge ideas, you know, about how the human creature can develop into their consciousness and into their, Um, um, into their power and, you know, empowerment and everything. But um, I, um, over the years, I've been working on so many different levels with people and also with myself. But I found with my work over the years that um, for me, it's so important to also listen basically to everybody because this this is also where I'm also coming from. And um, this is also society. So Mm. society is everybody out there. And I also um, like a lot to work with um, people who don't have so much access. Um, And yeah, so um, at the moment, at least I'm coming away um, for speaking about um, the huge collectiveness um, and coming more really in my experience in the work with also other people. With the individual and also like with the, how to say it, with the um, all day, um, all day life look of sexuality, you know, yeah. how can people actually integrate it in their lives? That yeah. sometimes tiny things, um, it's not always the big experiences from the workshops or from the trainings that are very intense, right. it's really like the very subtle things in the life of the people where it might not change their whole life, but it might bring them something where it changes something. Yeah. And um, this is what I'm also very much interested in, right in that moment of time.
0: Yeah. So when I think about sexuality, when I think about the, let's say the dysfunction of sexuality, the, when, I, when I feel into my own dysfunction, and then when I, witness or observe what's happening in the world with Mm -hmm. so much of there's so much sexual abuse there's you know Mm -hmm. there's so much um uh yeah just just really that really I, I I guess on some level what I witness and this is of course just my perspective but sexual ignorance yeah where where there's you know a lot of times people feel very lost in their sexuality they they don't really they don't really know how to express themselves they don't know how to communicate and then we see a lot of distorted often maybe in the beginning like not wanting it to be insincere and not wanting it to be dysfunctional and not wanting it to be abusive even you know i don't think that everybody's just out there wanting to create abusive uh, sexual experiences but through that lack of awareness through that inability to express what they really need or what they're feeling Um, I noticed that a lot of uh, misunderstanding creates a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, futile conflicts. That's how I perceive it. I'm noticing that the narrative, even just 20, 30, 40 years ago, was very, very distorted. You know, there was Mm -hmm. like so much suppression. It's just so, you know, you can't even talk about sex in in certain places. As you mentioned, broader narrative of sexuality Mm -hmm. is one of oppression. And then how historically... For a number of different, um, let's say, um, uh, collective beliefs. Let's say, uh, you could say, male dominance over the years. There's, there's been this repressed. I think is the best word I can use. When I say sexual expression, I, I, I really reference in life force energy, creativity, um, the ability to speak our truth, to, to express ourselves fully, and, mm-hmm. and, and what I've noticed is that has been. I mean, in man man and woman, but the the energy of that, which I would call a feminine expression, right? I would just use that terminology, um, has been really suppressed. So what I'm interested in is enabling individuals to access that often anger, rage, uh, trapped emotion, and then once that starts to get released and people can start to feel their own power again, um, let's use that word power, um, they can express themselves in, in their own uniqueness, and that can invite a whole array and new flowering of expression. And so, I'd love you to maybe talk to that of like, how do you perceive the the suppression or repression of the feminine? If you even do, if you even if you even have a a, a view on that. Um, on one level, um, I see. Um, on one level,
1: I agree with you. Um, I mean that's something that you can mean while like read everywhere it's said everywhere, like um I mean over the last decades, um uh, we can see what femi- um, feminism brought to society, and very often nowadays you say, know like, what do you need it for because yeah it's not it's not natural like. Um, in our world at least um the uh, the privileges we we uh, we have as women they are not um they are not natural and we are still um we still don't we are still not in the power or in the um in the in the rights uh, we could be there is a lot of um imbalance in so many things when you look at it in society whether it's also very practical like in the how pe- uh, how women are getting paid for example which uh, sounds not related to sexuality but uh, sexuality but of course it is because when you then look down um 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 how the payment of women relates to their role in the families and how this relates in the way how they um, either um, earn for their life or live for, for a husband or for a kid. If you look at these very heteronormative lifestyles, which have been the normal lifestyles in the last decades, no? And so to open these things, also like payment in these things um, have to do with what what options do women have in society, what options do they have to decide how do I want to live my life, how do I want to um, own my own body, how do I want to Um, um, yeah how do I want to design my life and what does that have to do with um, how we live relationship how we live family and in the end how is that situation in the context of capitalism I mean it's it's you could go like you know all these things
0: exactly I like (laughs) it I I love it I love it I love I love seeing how it all weaves together but carry on carry on
1: and yeah, there, there is all this knowledge about this, um, um, about uh, the female bodies that has been partially there in the past, in um, old cultures, also in science before, and that is popping up now again. And there is a huge, like, now a huge push, I feel, where it is getting. Out there, you know, like uh, so many books, so many uh, possibilities to for women to experience what is sexuality, what is that my body, like my anatomy, everything. It's just coming up now, and so many things so far also in science, and in sexuality, have been like um, looked at from a very male perspective. Like science has been looked at from a male perspective for the needs of men. Um, and uh, not, uh, not from a women's perspective. And all these problems that we also find uh, are also there because of this binary picture of male-female. I mean, this is where all these problems also come from, that in society there is a very clear picture of what maleness or uh, male-female man-woman is. And this is something that the LGBTQ community can teach us that there is so much more and that actually the pictures of what that is are so much more. So also when you speak about um, female qualities, uh, me personally, um, I can work quite well with these pictures of male, female because I can associate them in qualities. But I also like to refer to it as always asking people what exactly do you mean by that? Like, what right. qualities do you actually mean? What is this quality that the female brings in it? Um, to actually go away from the picture that it's actually, um, certain qualities that are only, um, how to say, um, that are mostly embodied by women because. Right already a certain picture on it exactly and i think all this all this misunderstanding and all this war that's sometimes going on between what is sexuality and the the gender cliches we have in that which are also related to rights or how do we communicate? How do we bring us out in the world? How do we ask for what we want? How do we take what we want and all that? Right. Um, How do we, what does sex actually look like? Like very practically, how the fuck do we, how do, how the fuck do we fuck? Right. (laughs) What does that look like? Um, It is so much based on stereotypes and they are so deeply embedded. Right. Um, And I think that sometimes there is a tendency where we also um come into a new kind of stereotype of male female, um, but it has a little bit of a spiritual esoteric um um painting around it. A filter. <laughs> and I think that doesn't help very much. Right. And it, I think it would help a lot when you then say, okay, um um what is it? What qualities are actually like um not um on one side yes I'm totally I'm totally totally seeing that um, the, uh, um, um, there is a need to support um, all the genders that haven't had their role in the world until nowadays. and at the same time also seeing that um, we all suffer from that, yeah, to really understand that what capitalism actually brings to us or like the structure of our society brings to us. This is where we all suffer from patriarchy. Um, this is basically not only the women or other genders. It's exactly. like... Exactly. It's, it's everyone. Um, it's it's everyone. everyone. Yes. And to understand how is how does that relate to each other. And,
0: ha- and how does that impact us as individuals? Exactly. Right? And and, exactly. and depending on our background. For example, I I really... There's something coming up beautifully for this. Thank you for, for bringing that in because... So I have this thing, right? I didn't really understand that there was even so many genders and different orientations until I started the sexological bodywork training, right? I was just, you know, in my own, uh, you know, whatever heteronormative, you know, box that we've just described, you know, and and even people, when they meet me, they just, they categorize me as the alpha male, you know, I'm, I'm this being, I must be like this, right? It's just, just how it is, right? It's just, we, we, (laughs) we need to put these, boxes on people instantly to 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 position them where they need to be in order so we can sort of actually engage or not engage, right? It's like a it's sort of a safety mechanism a lot of the times. Like, okay, that person's like that. I know how to position them so, you know, I can get on with my day to day um you know in my day-to-day life right it's like yes
1: and very often you could say a talent for performance <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's nice i take that one um and yeah but like so for example i i really play i love i'd love i'd love to hear what you what your feeling is on this and I love how you just describe. Okay, there's masculine, feminine, but again, even that in its essence of describing the qualities of that can be very, very different for every single individual. And you can meet an an individual that has, you know, feminine qualities, but is also very so-called masculine, depending on who's judging the qualities, right? So, so that's even that in itself can't even be clear, right? So we're dealing with that, and then the retreat that we often invite people on is called naked right and this in this naked retreat the invitation is to really explore and strip away right this this, this sort of metaphor is to strip away our identity and our beliefs and our fears and concepts to everything that we have Mm -hmm. right so for example me i don't even like to call why, why do i want to call myself a man or a woman or more masculine or feminine like the minute i do that i'm still limiting myself in some way and like i don't even on some level, I don't even really like the word human. What does human mean, right? It's like you start to go down to the basics of like, you know, so then sexuality, what, you know, what, the, yeah, it's hard to put this into full words, but what I'm saying is there's almost like a neutral blankness that comes. when, when As you were talking, I was thinking, yeah, we're just actually these, or I see myself as this like, you know, this blank canvas that wants to be adaptable in any given moment and i don't even know who i am in this moment and the next moment and i'm open to the infinite potentials of who i could be through the curiosity and exploration of the space right does that make sense yeah so it's like yeah. so you know the minute that we lock into any of these sort of identities i st- i still feel that we're we're on some level limiting ourselves that's what pops up for me, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. it's a um, exactly like a, um, the picture of uh, uh, speaking about male females very often just limits. Sometimes it can, like, I think it can help to speak about things, start speaking about things, but it's a start, you know. I think from there, you should really then dive a little bit deeper than that, and um, also that for me is a quality that sex bodywork brings in a lot because. Um, uh, we make the experience that um, uh, working with the body and giving people the chance on one side to name their genitals in their own way, how they want to tell, how they want to speak about them, opens up a whole new world universe. Um, and also, it's it's about this um, trying to tell people, okay, we go into a touch exploration, into a sense exploration. And from there, try to get out of the picture you have about yourself and your body and your being and start really just feeling what is there. And then it becomes so interesting what we can actually start sensing and feeling. It's so much more than the pictures we have. But to be aware of that also as a body worker, as a body worker who works with genitals, to be aware that even my picture of what I think a penis is or what a vagina is, um, is... um, um, Limits my way of touching somebody. I'm coming with all these imprints of my past. What I make around that, what a penis should look like, what it should do, how it should be, uh, how it should get touched, um, how a person would like to get touched, and to go away from that completely because. We don't. um, Otherwise, we will work with our own ideas on that person's body, and that can limit the experience or actually um, create a very awkward or damaging situation. So, Mm -hmm. really giving this empowerment to the person to sense their own bodies in the present moment can bring um, such a such a magic.
0: Right. So Um, yeah. So you say. So you say. So and from that present moment, are you agreeing that? anything is welcome right we don't know what's going to arise we, we don't know what's going to arise out of that moment because like you just said people may have different terminology they may have different ways to express it they may they may have something very unique in that moment that pops up um, mm-hmm. that they hadn't even been aware of and, exactly. and that's yeah And it's
1: so important from there also um, to actually really listen to what people have to say and really like what the body has to say, but also what people are actually speaking. Because for me, I'm always asking a question like, what is important for you? Where where do you want to go? Where do you want to look at? I leave it to the people. I can, I can mirror what I feel and see in them or what I hear. But in the end, it's so important for me to let them decide. Because also when you think about sexuality, sexuality and identity, um, there, are, there are times in people's lives where it is not at all important or no, let's say the other way around, where it is very important to speak about, for example, a certain gender, where it is very important to define how do I embody myself as a woman? How do I embody myself as a man, as a a trans man, trans woman, as a non-binary person, How do I define that? What do I associate with it? How does that feel? What words can I use for that? How do I want to express it? You know, and where it's very important to use these names and words and categories for identities, where it's very important. And mostly when you look then again, like um, um, for people who have this all this history of oppression, also, like for women to speak about them as women, but also then again, for um, uh, trans people or for non-binary people also to use other words and where it's so important to actually also speak about that because it's in that moment very like, it's about privileges. Like when your identity has not been accepted in your life or in society, it is important to name it and where you say um, in other times in life, um, or maybe when you found like a foundation in yourself or whatever the reasons are um, to go away from definitions. And this can open a completely different space. But this is why I really um, motivate people to listen to their clients very, very carefully because it's not important what I find important And um, the, the topic of identity is such a, it's, it's, it's very strong. It's very strong.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's beautiful. It's so beautiful what you bring in there. There's a couple of things that are popping. I love this. See, it's just getting started now. The conversation is just getting started. But um, what's lovely there is just to, I want to share this just for people listening mostly, because I'm sure you've had many experiences of this, but yeah, I want to, I want to mention, just reference actually a friend of mine who's, who identifies as a gay man. And uh, he came to, into an experience with me and I was like, oh, well, I'd, I'd sort of, let's say you could say, I on some level disregarded the term gay, as a, but not from, a, not from a putting it down, but just saying, oh, you know, because I have many gay friends that, that, that use the word gay, but I was like, ah, oh, you know, gay didn't really mean much to me in, the, in this context. And the way that I spoke was really challenging for him and, and really challenged him because it took him 15 years to be able to call himself a gay man in his environment where he grew up and um, where it's massively religion and they were not allowed to, to, to call themselves gay in any stretch of the imagination. And, and when we ended up having a sharing on this and he brought that into my awareness, it was so powerful for me, Maureen, because I was like, wow, you know, I had no understanding how difficult it would be for him to just be able to call himself a gay man. Right. Because I, I haven't personally had that uh, dilemma and that challenge. And, and, you know, and he, and he had a lot of um, uh, yeah, not, not, I'm not going to say pain, but just, there was a lot of uh, uh, energy, you know, quite, it angered him as well, not not just I didn't anger him so much, but just the fact that he's had to go through so much struggle, right? Mm. And and so what you say, I think, pretty much just covered that so beautifully.
1: Exactly, because I mean, as you're describing it, um, um, like you yourself, as a as a cis uh, as a cis male, it's very easy to say I'm I'm letting go of all um, categories now, like like gender doesn't matter. And I also know it for myself. I mean, for myself, I I feel like I have a lot of like um, um, uh, skills where I can or um, um, self-consciousness or standing in my own world and this and that where I can. um, I also can say I have uh, stigmas on me, but it's a complete different level. Than other identities have here in our world no? so and on the other side i totally agree that um when you um, dive into your body it can open universes nobody knows and um it's just um out of all um, um far beyond all categories now yes and i find it just very for me this is a very dear topic in the realm of our training because um in uh, since the last years where we implement our own training so we had uh, the training from the swiss institute and the training from the australian institute that were our teachers and so we are building up our own ones and in berlin we also um it's uh, very uh, important to us to have a very inclusive training for um, many many different people sexual orientations uh, gender identities and so on and we really can see over the years where um, when we do that um that it's our second training that we do by ourselves at the moment this year, for example, how difficult this actually is. <laughs> um, and on one side, Sexbot is a cool method to actually really go for it. yeah. And it's so um, everybody can learn so much from each other because we bring each other into communication. And this for me, when you speak about diversity, you fucking have to communicate otherwise it just doesn't work
0: yeah <laughs> um, and, and you know and this is so uh, i just want to uh, emphasize the the importance of this of this owning owning our own feelings and thoughts that are coming up practicing to how to articulate that and express that right because that in yeah. itself is really difficult mm-hmm. and then creating a space where we can accept diversity but still show up trying to not judge. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you can go into, into a complete mindfuck, for example, about um, um, inclusive language and at the same time, it's a very important mindfuck. You know, it, I'm sometimes going, oh my God, this is, uh, it uh, fucking drives me crazy. And at the same time, it's about also uh, um, allowing this challenge. Um, and I just, in that, in the topic of inclusive language, language for me, it's just like, um, it doesn't matter if it's gender identity or other um, uh, topics of identities. But for me, it just shows in one example, like very strongly, how difficult these processes are. Like um, how it is about language, and at the same time, it's about sensing, um, and it's about um, privileges. And uh, how do we do that in a, in a kind of a short? time you know like because these are topics that are around in society and we just have them in a in a in a in a lens in our workshops and that's intense and yeah so much charged with emotions um
0: yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you for just us exploring this and just having a play here, you know, to um, unpack and just bring some awareness to it. Because I think mm-hmm. that even just this conversation, and I'm hoping for people listening, is just even, you know, I'm sure bringing up, sparking lots of different thoughts. And for some, it might, go, oh, it just sounds so damn complex and sounds like a, like you said, a mindfuck, and and is it one I even want to deal with? But for me, I really, I'm really interested in this this topic immensely because I I, I want to bring in that sense of you know, for me, love, underneath it's about love, right? And love. Mm-hmm. Love is free and love doesn't doesn't, um, uh, segregate and love doesn't have borders and love doesn't, you know, judge you whether you are this, that or the other or you want to do this, that or the other, right? It's just love loves and that's all it does. And if people can drop into that at times, there's a much more empathic, compassionate way of engaging with people and not having to Mm. try to uphold, you know, uh, any fixed point of belief or fixed point of how it should be, but can actually be again um, openly curious to hear how other people are experiencing their life, their sexuality and so on. But I'd love, I'd love, I'd love you to just, for me, actually, this is really my question to you. And I'd love you to give me some advice as my, as my teacher, Um, (laughs) would be (laughs) when I'm in a workshop or when I'm addressing people in, in a talk or, I'm holding that space and and really wanting to be as inclusive, well, be fully inclusive. Love is inclusive. So that is always my intention and practice. But even the words I use that I'm conditioned and and come in and pop in sometimes, I could be in a flow and I just, words will come out and, you know, these are conditioned words that I've had and they can offend people. Or people think all of a sudden that because of the terminology I'm using, because it's either heteronormative or it's like sounding like man and woman you know people can be offended in the space because they think maybe i'm not including them right and i just wondered is there a way that you sort of blanketly can communicate that does include and at the same time you know uh, doesn't necessarily offend right and of course i know that i i personally can't offend somebody that's not my intention but depending on how they interpret the words and what I'm, what I'm saying can be really, um, it can close them basically. And my practice just to say, just to finish is just to be very transparent with my experience, to be very transparent with where I'm coming from. And that often brings much more, uh, let's say clarity. But I'd love you to speak to that just maybe in closing uh, of, this, uh, of this topic.
1: I, what you said, I already find very important. Like um, to be very transparent, because I also have to say for myself, like I'm not very perfect in that. <laughs> um, there are a lot of things I don't know, or where I'm also uh, still not so used to, and um, I'm learning a lot also from uh, from my colleague uh, Nino, um, and uh, a lot from our from our students. So I think like the, the the quality, the treasure that our spaces can offer is that um, it is it can be spaces of dialogue. And this is for me important. And um, when we make ourselves transparent in who we are, where we come from, what our intention is, then it opens up a space where everybody feels invited to, um, 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 yeah, to add something to that, no? Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, me personally, I also um, like because there. I, I, I found for myself that there are so many different needs. If we have a very diverse group, there are so many different needs, um, or ideas about, for example, what inclusive language sounds like, what it is, what it should look like. Yeah. You know? And um, um, me personally, I want to insist on that. Um, that in my spaces. Um, that we have a certain intention, um, like we have an intention for inclusiveness, but I'm always also saying um, I also wish for understanding. um, If um, uh, people um, don't always include people in their language, um, it can happen. And um, we, as I said, we don't like people come also from different backgrounds. We have different realities in our background. And it would be nice if you all would have this one perfect magical language uh, that is perfect for everybody.
0: <laughs>
1: I haven't found it yet. I know, <laughs> but I'm still learning. Yes. Um, but I also like. I think it's very important to to. Um, to uh, make it also playful, to bring something in where you speak maybe uh, in the beginning about where um, uh, people feel they also like where you bring in some information so that people come into an awareness to the topic. And at the same time to bring in input where it gets playful when somebody makes a so-called mistake. Yeah, so that it doesn't feel any more like a mistake, but actually like a space where we can all learn from. It's not like, oh, shit, I did something wrong, or maybe then there comes the aggression with it, or like, the, I know I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong, and all what happens to that, all these dynamics. Right. But um, it feels really like a place where we have to learn together. And this means that sometimes um, we have to... Um, um, take away a little bit something from our privileges and things can feel, start feeling awkward and strange, um or we don't know anymore how to behave. And that belongs to that. And at the same time, that it is also okay to be who you are and um, to have your background and to have your reality. And for me, this is very important. Um
0: Yeah. Because that also, yeah. because that, yeah, because that, that is also enabling our own uniqueness of what we're bringing to the table, and whatever that is, right? And when we come it's together, it's when we come together from that honoring that everybody's been on their own beautiful mm-hmm. path of exploration and discovery, mm-hmm. and we can just and we can just honor that, right? Really show up from that place of honoring yep. that, and and I love the words you use, but really learning together through experience as opposed to mm-hmm. you know closing the door to what, what somebody else may have to bring, to offer, mm-hmm. to contribute. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah.
1: And I like to mention it, for example, in the beginning, that I don't use a specific strategy for inclusive language, um, but that I actually try to use... Um I want to I, because for me sometimes different strategies or ideas about inclusive language are for myself sometimes very strict again, and that it puts it puts in right. there a new box where I sometimes feel um um then um always some other people don't feel like attr- um, um, addressed or something again doesn't doesn't work anymore and i usually say i don't like with um, thinking about language i don't want to find another box that limits my language i want to find something that broadens my language and so what i do is that i say i don't have this one way of speaking i'm trying to use any kind of words about gender about how you can call genitalia In the way that is possible. And I will say again and again, many different words. So where everybody um, can feel addressed and sometimes not. Um, If you don't feel addressed, then um, um, there will be another sentence where we'll say it in that way. So, but um, I really want to open it up. More than um, um, insisting on one certain way, exactly. other people do it different. But of that, course. at least for myself, is um, 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 for me feels at the moment as um, the best the best solution. Yes, yes, yeah.
0: yes. And 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 I feel listening to you that that is actually the the be- in my in my opinion the best approach because we have to feel as individuals, as facilitators, as as showing up in that space as well. We have to just feel that you know. I'm doing the best I can in this space to open it. But I like, I like what you said of, um, and I I think I'm very much like that. That's my intention is, is to be open and, um, and not fixed to any one, Mm -hmm. you know, way of, of, of communicating and learning and learning and learning from, um, from people that are coming into the space, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so. it
1: become it can become really this play, you know, like because on one side, yes, language, language can be very cruel and violent, but it's also our decision to start playing with language. And I want to make it playful or like an open space with it and to say I'm using different words I'm using different definitions and just throw all kind of words and definitions just in that you find for yourself because that can be so much you know like many people use language in a very different way and I think for me So um, as well as what happens in our bodies where we share that and learn from each other, we also learn from how do people use language because we do it in a very different way. I mean, we can also use language in a very poetic way. Sometimes when people don't speak like native language, they use it anyway in a very different way. Also that, you know, like exactly why not just throw it all together yeah. and make like make, make something out of that what we can find
0: right and 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 i've met many people i'm sure you have too from different um, different backgrounds different nationalities and so on that also sometimes can't even find words to describe the, the, the what they're feeling and then also depending on what levels of um, uh, theory or you know even uh, some spiritual concepts and esoteric concepts Often people can't find certain words, you know, and they need to find it in some other other way or the way other people interpret it. Mm-hmm. So I love this as always. I love that we come back to play. You would not believe it, but nearly every podcast that I've uh, recently <laughs> recorded in this new series comes back to play, right? And it comes back. Really, it comes back to the. To the it comes back to the divine play and the divine. Um, yeah, the divine curiosity. I would say of like mm-hmm. you know we're here together to, to really play and not take everything uh, so seriously, although yeah. honoring each person's space and honoring where they are with their own beliefs. But really, um, yeah, I like this. Of course I do, because you know I love to play, but I, I, love, I love this idea of, you know, not taking things personally, knowing that everybody's where they need to be, showing up from that place, and then being very curiously intrigued to play with whatever's there, right? That's, uh, that's what's coming up for me as a sort of summary of, of what we've just danced mm. with. So, um, cool, well, there you go. I mean, we're coming, we're coming to sort of uh, a close of our, our, I told you an hour would fly by, did I not say that? <laughs> he was like, he was like an hour, okay. really, an hour? Like we I feel like we're just playing now and getting to to some of the some of the the, the juice of, of of our experience. I mean there's so many different topics I would have uh, loved to speak to you about, especially trauma being one, but maybe we can do another another talk on that another time, but based on what we've shared so far, just in closing, is there what's alive in you? Is there anything you would like to share to people listening around either you know everything anything really play, sexuality, gender whatever's come up for us?
1: Anything? Oh my god!
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, no. free, free flow. You can you have absolute freedom, free reign. <laughs> um, hmm.
1: You know, my my brain can be so busy when you're asking these kind of questions. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather have a clear question, or I'm not saying a Okay, <laughs>
0: clear question then. Okay, what 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 message will you share to someone who's really wanting to explore their sexuality and they're feeling stuck. They have no clue what to do. What would you say to them?
1: I would say on one side, just do everything that reconnects you to your body mm. and where you where you just come into your senses, back into your senses again and um, as, uh, sensing your body. Um, because from there you can actually feel a little bit better where where you might want to go to, what what your wishes might be. If you don't feel yourself, you don't feel your wishes. Um, And on the other side, I would just say, um, well, ask me, ask other people. There are so many great professionals, communities web information out there in this world I mean so much so much where people just don't know about and it's just amazing and um, just as you say like coming back to play um, there is so much uh, so much possibilities to play and uh, mostly when you're getting stuck it's so important to get out of the stuckness and either through coming into stillness and into calmness and listen very, very silent and subtle to what your body has to tell. And on the other side, um, to just go with your do- what what you don't know, go with what you never thought of, and just become playful and uh, go in contact with other people. I mean, we really sexuality for me is um, learning with other people, and not only with us, I mean, um, that's one thing with, with orgasmic yoga, as you know, is one great way to do that. But also um, bring your sexuality away from your uh, relationship or go with your relationship into a community, into a different space where sexuality actually be- uh, becomes as you said before, collective. Let's learn collectively because there is really so much richness which brings us out of our patterns, out of our views, out of our imprinted behavior and just open up and, yeah, explore.
0: Mm. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) <laughs> that, that was beautiful. That's a, that's a nice little, some, as you were saying, I, I heard the word when we come into our senses, everything becomes sensational. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, my little end. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for this time. Um mm-hmm. thank you for, showing up as you do thank you for all the inspiration that you share to those that you meet and for your teachings and and for your dedication to this exploration of our sexuality Mm -hmm. and who we are as as divine beings i would like to say and um yeah i just i love you i think you're super cool and quirky and (laughs) i love your teachings and yeah, for everybody listening, just like, you know, I hope you could take something today from this beautiful conversation with Maureen. And if you have any questions, feel free to fire them over to us. But wherever you are, just know that you are exactly where you need to be. You don't need to become something more. There's nowhere really to get. And if anything, as Maureen said, it's a, it's a if anything, it's a coming back to the body, to this present moment where we can connect truly to who we are and who we are is enough right the uniqueness of who we are is more than enough so thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this first first uh part of the let's talk about sex series thank you so much maureen thank you thank you for listening to another episode of simon transparently This podcast is a call to action, a call into sovereignty, a call to speak our truth and love ourselves fiercely, and for us all to rise up together as love. If you are resonating with my offerings, you can support me by becoming a patron, for which I would be deeply grateful, and you can access more of my content at simontransparently.com. You can also join our online community, at thebelovetribe.com. This is where we get to be a little bit more intimate, share our gifts and practice what it means to be love.
1: This is our time to
0: write.